It is Wednesday, October 26th, 7.26 p.m. Week 7 is in the books. Things are taking form. Things are taking a geometrical shape. So we're going to cover it all like we always do. So everyone just tune in, chill out, and let the good times roll. Welcome into the DNZ Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Zach, joined as always with my fellow LOC League mates Drake and Nick. Welcome back, boys. Another week of fantasy football is in the books. Drake, why don't you kind of give us your rundown? What do you think of the week? Yeah, yes, sir. It was a good week. Um, outside of LOC, I mean, I suffered my first loss here in LOC, so that was a bit of a bummer, but um, good overall week fantasy for me. Um, these injuries that are popping up are starting to be devastating. Um, but I had a good week. What about you, Nick? How was your fantasy week this week, man? I don't want to talk about it. Not good yet again? No. Yeah, you've been on a little bit of a slide. I mean, is there any teams you got right now that you are looking are, good? Yeah, my, my communist team does. But we're going to open up the discussion about points for and points against. We're not going to talk about it. That's just no, about, we are. That, we are. That just, it save it for the end. About. It needs to be talked about. Well, let's get this right into it. Go through the injury report, new injuries from last week. Um, first and foremost, I mean, the most important, the biggest storyline for the injury report here, the rookie phenom, Brees Hall, tears his ACL. That's how my week's going. Out for the season. Just absolutely devastating. I mean, having him in Dynasty, I mean, it's a, you're going to – Obviously, hang on to Brees Hall and have him for the foreseeable future. But, to, I mean, Nick, you're not really competitive this year, so maybe it helps you in the points long run. Points against. I've got Brees Hall in another Dynasty League where I'm essentially in rebuild tank kind of mode. So this only helps that. But, I mean, whoa, ha- having whoa, whoa. Brees Hall you're was— tanking? You're tanking? Well, with Javante Williams, Trey Lance, that commissioner, Brees uh, Hall, uh, now David Njoku— yeah, in Dynasty, you got to get fined. You got to try to be one of those first teams to fucking start tanking because I've got two first round picks in that shit. But uh, I'll tell I mean, you right now, the for, War Boys will never tank. This no, is just a bad team. The Brees Hall really hurts one of my redrafts teams that I was just absolutely in love with. So, hate seeing the Brees Hall news. I mean, he was uh, looking like a top five running back out of uh, everybody in the NFL. So. Sucks to see. He did, yeah. He was, uh, as of this week, week seven, he was uh, running back six. And he with, so great, good. with great efficiency as well. I mean, he was averaging 5.8 yards a carry. And it's not like they were even overusing him either. I mean, he had 80 rushes total on the season. And so it, it is just heartbreaking to see that happen to such a young, promising player. You hope he's able to battle back. And then I know there were some question marks on that Jets offensive line going in. They also had one of their yeah Elijah Vera Tucker had yeah, some type he got of injury hurt as well, where, and they had yeah, someone get hurt done. in the beginning of the season too as well, right? Yep, Mackay Becton, Beckett, right. Beckton, so, Bacon, something like that. Hopefully they uh, keep investing in that offensive line because I do think they have a lot of weapons everywhere else. They've got a young, good quarterback. They've got a young receiver, young corner. I think they just need to help bolster that offensive line, especially with injury history. And they did bring in a guy, and we'll talk about him in the news section to make up for the loss of Brees Hall. But moving on here in the injury report, David Njoku suffered a high ankle sprain. Will not require surgery, but will be out two to five weeks. Sounds like similar type deal that Mac Jones was dealing with, maybe. Uh, Mike Williams, same category here, high ankle sprain. He's going to miss a minimum of four weeks, so similar timetable for David Njoku. It's weird how they report those two completely different, but it's essentially the same timetable. DK Metcalf was a new injury that popped up. I don't think it's a serious injury. doesn't need surgery. It's a patellar tendon injury. Oh, my fuck. Um, Very possible he misses time. Um, I know he was uh, not practicing as of Mm -hmm. Wednesday, um, Debo Samuel, add him to the list. My no. ACL's made out of my patellar tendon. That's fun fact. That's amazing. Yeah, science. How and that's going strong. Uh, so far. <laughs> uh, add Debo Samuel to the list here for the no practicing on Wednesday. He's day to day with a hamstring injury. Not too concerned, but something to keep tabs on. Uh, Zeke, not practicing Wednesday either with that knee sprain. Dude got just, his knee just got like, it was like a helmet hit him right in the knee. 
He uh, ended up coming back in and playing some mm-hmm. at towards the end of the game there. But it's certainly possible that he um, is out Sunday and we see a little bit more Tony Pollard. We've already kind of been seeing a little bit of a shift there. Um, but it looks like Tony Pollard might be a uh, set it and forget it type guy here in week eight. Um, last one I've got here is Alan Robin or Alan Lazard. Not practicing Wednesday either with a soldier injury. I think uh, he actually came off the field or left the game in a sling mm-hmm. here this last Sunday. Um, he's in danger of missing week eight and possibly more. So the vibes in Green Bay are just not good whatsoever. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was pl- like publicly bashing. He didn't call Romeo Dubs out, but it seemed like he was just What's well, a dumpster publicly fire there in bashing. He's publicly acknowledging the recession that Green Bay is about to go into. So when there's a recession, you cut jobs. He wants to cut reps. He said when bad things are on the future. And let me just tell you, war boys everywhere. Um, we own every player on this fucking list except David and Joku and DK Metcalf. Damn. This is the first year I haven't owned any DK Metcalf, so I'm still not surprised. But yeah, I spent all of Red Zone. It was just cutting from clip to clip of my dudes. Going, going out. It was terrible. I tell you the one that's the most interesting on this list is Mike Williams, just because with uh, Keenan Allen also kind of still missing time. Yeah, coming back, coming, but ba- oop, is coming he 100%? back. Right. And so, I mean, you've already kind of saw their offense stalling out a little bit, minus Austin Eckler, but uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see because you don't want to have to have Keenan Allen come back from injury and immediately be the guy who's getting 12, 13 targets a game. So. And that's going to be Austin Eckler moving forward. He's going to be getting 15 fucking targets a game, it seems like. He yeah. might lead the league in receptions this season, and he's a fucking running back. It's crazy. So Something to monitor moving forward. Yes. Uh, a little bit of news and notes here that we can take a look at. Uh, Matt Ryan is out for the Colts. It's Sam Ellinger season. Uh, yeah. Longhorn Nation, are we back? <laughs> We're back. They're not back. So... Uh, he'll get a full. He doesn't. He they don't have they don't have a bye this week. So I, I was thinking that's a that's a move. I feel like you need to make during a bye week where you can say, all right, we're going to give you two full weeks of kind of knowing you're the guy, right? Get get a bunch of reps in at practice, do kind of stuff like that. But he's banged up with that shoulder injury, and mm-hmm. I, the the can the vibes are that it's Ellinger here the rest of the way out, which yeah. is just crazy. Uh, maybe the Colts are wishing they still had Carson Wentz or did something different this offseason instead of bringing in old man grandpa Matt Ryan. But he, I mean, Matt Dude, Ryan's go been back, go awful. backwards through their through their quarterbacks. So we have Matt Ryan. Uh, last year it was Wentz. The year before that they did Phil. I mean, R.I.P. And then they, before they, that was Jacoby Brissett. And then yeah, Jacoby. So they already had Jacoby, but they just do the, they just love backup quarterbacks and or washed quarterbacks. Well, what's interesting is it hasn't ever keep really that they're the answer. Like instead of just punting on a season and trying to get like a top ten, top five pick, they do keep bringing in these guys and they keep going eight and eight, nine and eight. They yeah. went eleven and five, I believe, with Philip Rivers, and they they can never get good enough picks, and so they're stuck with that middle of the pack first round draft stock and uh, i mean they're they're building a team ar- around it they just don't have a quarterback yet and maybe that's something that they address in this quarterback deep uh draft or i mean if sam ellinger's the guy then he's the guy but they don't have a whole lot of weapons on that team outside of jt michael Pittman, obviously but he's definitely been underperforming to expectations but all so to the fault be, of his quarterback yeah, that's and, quarterback i mean play, the I cultures haven't been the same at the quarterback position since andrew luck mm-hmm. retired earlier than they probably expected so i think you still like jt they're gonna maybe check it down to him a ton but uh no more matt ryan that experiment is over um james robinson Traded to the Jets. Biggest news of the week right yeah, here. Yeah, so trade deadline is not far away. I think it's like less than a week away, maybe even sooner than that. November but 2nd, I believe. Stuff's happening trade-wise, and uh, the Jets needed to make a move to try and add some type of running back to this team. It's uh, clear that they don't want to rely on Michael Carter being that full workload RB1 in that offense. I think we'll still see plenty of Michael Carter, and I was getting pretty excited. I've got Michael Carter in LOC. Mm. Uh, throwing in there on my flex spot with these these bye weeks that are going on. Super excited about it, but maybe not as excited anymore. And I think James Robinson is dealing with a little bit of an injury, so it's possible he doesn't even play this week. But 
I mean, they're going to be giving him plenty of carries, you would imagine. So do you think who is who's uh, farther on the emotional scale right now? Are ESPN owners happier than Michael Carter owners are sad right now? Oh, if you're you an, if you're an ETN Travis ESPN owner, you are on the fucking moon. Like it's, I would say, you're over the moon. Absolutely, there we go. You're, you're I like on, that you're, better. You're on Jupiter. Exactly. So exciting for Travis Etienne, and I mean, he's we've, we're going to talk about guys that are skyrocketing up, up rankings once we go through LOC matchups, and Etienne's definitely a guy that we'll talk about. Um, another weird piece of news, which is just shocking, and I don't know, New Orleans is so weird. I feel like we never get it's accurate. City, it's actually the weirdest city in America, if you ask me. We never get any accurate reports, it seems, or any legit reports whatsoever. It's just a really a hard team to keep tabs on, but Jameis Williams or Winston, I'm sorry, Jameis Winston is healthy, but Andy Dalton is still the starter in New Orleans. Which, I mean, Dalton did play pretty well last week. He was a QB two, QB two. He had a very good game. He was slinging it. He's, did I miss he had a week some? Or uh, was that his three INT week? They, or did yeah. they play on Thursday? Mm-hmm. He had some. Uh, I think some Andy Dalton interception type plays, but three of them. He was slinging the rock around. Still and threw four touchdowns. Andy Dalton to be the starter there for the That's foreseeable a Winston stat line to be future. Honest. Holy mm-hmm. fuck. Right, and then uh, other quarterback news here: Mac Jones. So Monday night we uh, saw Mac Jones to start with, and then he threw an interception, and we saw Bailey Zappi the rest of the way. And Zappi came in. He had a hot start to the game, and then really just fluttered and wasn't very good the rest of the way but it looks like mac jones is expected to start week eight despite what zappy's been doing so weird deal going on in new england and i saw something today actually so mac jones threw an interception in that game early in the game and was benched for zappy the rest of the way i wanted to talk about this and there was a video circulating on twitter of the overhead camera part of the the string the rope Guiding the camera the around. Sky cam, yeah. The ball actually maybe tipped the sky cam string, the rope, and affected the traje- trajectory of the pass and allowed it to get intercepted. So in the video, it's really hard to tell. Well, but I mean, did, did, did I you think see if you're what an you, elite level quarterback, you got to account for that. <laughs> right. Well, did you see? So according, ESPN PR tweeted this out after that video circulated. And they, on the record, said this ball did not hit our wire. We would have known. It would have been like, it would have been radioed down. Like, it, they have a full tweet breaking down that it didn't happen. And so that's like just kind a, of a weird situation, is, I believe, because it definitely looks like it hits. Place for this? Yes, okay. it's immediately a dead ball. Really, mm-hmm. really. So you could get a new down. Yes. Holy fuck. So, so that just created a Belichick whole lot of drama. That rule at some point. He probably just learned that rule, and he's going to use that rule mm-hmm. to his advantage. He's going to start throwing it right at the camera. Or, do do yeah. that to kill time. Right. Because I don't know, like, even on a dead ball, I think it still takes time off the clock. That's interesting. Yeah. But Mac Jones is going to be the starter there, it seems like, in week eight. It's crazy that that little uh, camera wire caused all this drama here. I know. It, nothing like that to happen but to anybody but the Patriots and Bill Belichick. I know. I can't believe I, I they got think, spanked, bro. I do think that, well, that was funny, too. I do think it is what he's doing with the two quarterbacks is really like just fucking with both of them, like psychologically almost. Not off the field, obviously, but like on the field, just being, oh, you're the starter. You had a bad series. He wants them both to be like 110% all the time. Yeah, it's just, it's just very weird, in my opinion. I, I think it's just not a very good way to go about coaching, but obviously he's won seven Super Bowls, so who am I to judge? Yeah, one's a top 10 pick. The other's a fucking, don't even remember what round he was picked in. Fourth or fifth. Right. Western Kentucky. Yep. Okay. I think we're ready for Nick's fastest two minutes. Let's see uh, what happened here in week seven of LOC. Well, well, well. In our first matchup, we saw the Arrowhead Choppers chop up their arch-rival Warboys by a 25-point margin. Things are not looking good for the Warboys as they fall to 1-6, along with Brees Hall's ACL. Angry Josh was on bye, and Aaron Rodgers-Jones was back on his bullshit. Pouring salt on the wound, Justin Timberlake Fields put out what appeared to be serviceable quarterback play while the Warboys are at risk of a coup. Arrowhead Chop is 155, Warboys 131. 
Moving on to our next showdown, we learned one thing remains true whether we're playing fantasy football or the game of life itself. Nobody's perfect. Lance Refrigeration picks up his first L getting absolutely pterodactyled by a 108.3 way splurge. Joe Marr, Bird Chase, hopped on OnlyFans with Kenneth Runner Walker and posted the most watched video of the weekend. No <laughs> further comment. Jamario Bros, 186. Lance Refrigeration, 150. Woo! In our next contest, it was the Ramondra Raptors scrambling away from JT and company's asteroid strike to pick up a badly needed win. In a low-scoring affair, it was the Raptors picking up steady contributions all around while JT left his company on the bench. Raptors everywhere chant, what extinction? Chant it with me, Zach. What extinction? What extinction? Okay. What extinction? Ramondra Raptors, 134. JT and company, 107. Our next tilt featured the Galactic Empire securing victory over Team RDC-22. In another low-scoring affair, the Empire prevailed behind Joe mixing up someone's face and Thierry Henri McLaurin's 36. Team RDC-22 and the Warboys are screaming to the bottom as we should officially open up the discussion for last place punishment. Galactic Empire 132, Team RDC-22 102. A lot of twos there. Rounding it all off was the Sunshine Squad shining those Nick Chubby rays on the London Bridge's Mahomes land. It was only by 10 points and both sides respectively swapped jerseys after the game was over. Alvin and the Chipmunks Kamara emerges from prison and George Little Kittle chopped in 22. Chipped in 22, fuck me. The bridge was reinforced by a Maheckler 65 point special, but in the end, this league just got a hell of a lot closer. Sunshine Squad, 152. London Bridge, 142. Very nice, Nicholas. That was a good one. And I was fire picking those games, too. Love seeing the London Bridge go down, man. Love Especially it. in the same week you go down. I know. I needed that kind of kind of keep keep needed pace. That shake out keep that way. pace. Yeah, there, there was. We did get very competitive here in the uh, here this week. I think you, you got you and London Bridge kind of leading the pack there. But then I think there's really because I'm I'm in seventh, but I think the person in eighth place can hop into sixth place. Like there's there's a lot of movement that can happen. A lot lot of open spaces here for the playoffs coming up. Yeah, like you said, there's three. Three and four teams currently, and three, four and three teams. So these next few weeks are really going to be super important for a lot of these teams right here in the middle of the road. But we're, we kind of just pulled some headlines of the week here instead of going matchup by matchup. Um, Finna, Nick, you mentioned it in your fastest two minutes, but uh, Lance Refrigeration, undefeated, no more. My God, I mean, the major Joe Mario bros are just absolutely dominating with the Burrow, Jamar Chase stack. He was the best team on the week, had the most points. Um, I still had the highest points in loss, yet it was still the biggest blowout of the week of 36 points. I mean, I was going against Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, and I thought I was fucked. And then I had Josh Jacobs really pull shit together and put up three touchdowns. I thought I was going to have a chance to win this matchup. And then... Juju Smith-Schuster and Kenneth Walker happened and put that to bed pretty quick. You got pterodactyl, bro. Yeah, I, I learned what that was pre-pod. Drake Don't look it up. What the pterodactyl is? So I mean, so did I. I had no idea what this was. You so guys this, never this was went to high school. This was news to me, but uh, Kenneth Walker really emerging as well. What a good draft for running backs, really, with Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker, R.A.P. Brees Hall, but even Tyler Algier still kind of. Finding his footing there, in and I'm just Atlanta. praying for the Rashad White usage mm-hmm. to go up. It, it's going up, so Rashad White's the next guy. I'm just like banking on, like yeah. all these other guys. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just, I think the only one who really was like a standout as far as fantasy would have been Zamir White, and obviously with what Josh Jacob is doing there in Las Vegas, uh, there's no reason to really play anybody else. I mean, he's. Yeah. Averaging what, like five receptions a game, 150 yards, yep. two touchdowns every game. He's on it's this just... skyrocketing player list here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but other headlines here Ramondasaurus Rex and the Jamario Bros on a two game winning streak. Always good to get a little bit of a winning streak going. Um, and then the three teams that got in the win column here this week after losing last week Galactic Empire, Arrowhead Choppa, Sunshine Squad, all back in the winning column. 
Let's see if they can keep it going. Like I said, they're all kind of right there in the middle of the road. So each and every game from here on out is super important. Let me hop back real quick. The Jamario bros, they are our current projected champ. That Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, that is the recipe to a league title. I did it last year in another league. The best part about that was I did that exact same thing that Graham did to you. I did that to Graham in the Communist League. Right, he got to Jamar Chase, I won me the league last year, and don't put it past Graham winning this league this year. If they fucking figure that out and that just gets up and rolling again, that's impossible to defeat. It does remind me of some of those old Brady-Gronk matchups. Uh, a lot of what Josh Allen and even uh, Stefan Diggs, like, oh, it's just such a dynamic matchup. They run deep, though. They run fucking deep. Deeper than shit. Yeah. You ever been down to Louisiana? You ever heard of that hurricane? neither of them were there for it i'll try i'll try and play a little devil's advocate here i mean i think they're still going to be fantastic rest of season don't get me wrong but they did just play the atlanta falcons who has a dog shit pass defense Mm -hmm. and aj terrell one of the best corners in the football in national football league was injured early in that game and i mean they stood little chance i mean joe burrow and jamar chase are going to just destroy the backups that come in in the in those types of scenarios. So, I mean, I think we're still going to see big spike weeks like this every once in a while, but uh, they should have done this against a mm-hmm. terrible Atlanta pass defense. They do have an interesting schedule coming up as well. Uh, they play the Browns in Cleveland. They'll play the Panthers at home, and the Panthers have a stifling defense as well. I mean, they played very well against the Buccaneers this past week. And- I know. What another crazy game. Yeah. Uh, so they got them, then they go play in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's always tough, uh, especially in Pittsburgh. Uh, they go and play Tennessee in Tennessee, and they're kind of starting to emerge after their slow start as well. They're 4-2 and two now and kind of finding their footing uh, as a good team. Uh, then they come and play the Chiefs. They go play the Browns again. Uh, they play the Bucks. They Do play you- the Patriots. They play the Bills. They play the Ravens. Like The Chiefs game, is it? In Cincinnati or Kansas City? It's in Cincinnati. I don't think it matters because every time we've played their ass, that has lit us up, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Any quarterback going against Kansas City, you fire them up usually. You know, we can kind of go on a Chiefs tangent here real quick. I think our rookie cornerbacks are looking really good. I mean, these are our fourth and seventh round guys, and they're looking halfway decent like this isn't their first year. So, I mean, they're doing as well as what Fenton would be doing right now, as good as Charvarius Ward was doing for us last year. And we still have McDuffie to come back. And it's arguably the hardest position in football outside of quarterback. Yeah. And I really admire how Andy Reid and uh, Spags and let these rookies play and make mistakes and learn from it. Mm -hmm. And with Trent McDuffie coming back, I mean, I see only improvement from our secondary. Well, and I just think giving both these guys a lot of experience now, that just means you can rotate them in and out so they have fresh legs. They're not having to run toe-to-toe with Stephon Diggs every single route, run toe-to-toe with Jamar Chase. Like, they they just have so much. Uh, they'll be so fresh, and I let's, think it's going to be really good for them. Let's just speak it into existence. Trent McDuffie is the next shutdown corner in the NFL. Yes, please. McDuffie like, Island doesn't have a nice ring to it. It we'll, doesn't. <laughs> we'll work. We'll workshop that. We'll see. So maybe he'll uh, just come up with his own nickname. Chiefs Twitter will figure it out. Maybe. But uh, last few headlines of the week here for LOC Team RDC twenty two on a four game losing streak. Hate to see it. He was the worst team of the week. I feel like that's been a pretty much a running trend so far. He somehow uh, has a better record than me. Yeah, <laughs> which this, is this crazy. Um, like, I'd, I'd be happy if I was second from last instead of dead last because we, I, we're we going to do the points for, points against rant. I don't care what you guys say. That's fine. We'll, we'll try just mute it. your mic. And then JT and company fell down two spots in the standings. Um, there was, wasn't a whole lot of movement in our standings otherwise than JT and company falling two spots. So, uh, Cooper Cup on the bench. Yes. Still, doesn't help. Still a team to be feared. Makeup really should have traded me for Ramondre. I don't think it would have helped him this week, but it would have made sure that Ramondre. Everybody was, probably should have. Wasn't on him, my team. But you were trying to deal Devonta Smith, too, and nobody wanted any any action with I that. I wanted to trade Devonta Smith, Ramondre, and I tried tra- trading Jalen Waddle this week. Yeah, that's right. Just and no that, cigar. That's the recipe for like a three year rebuild. For is, me? Is that the angle you want to get? 
You don't have a lot of firepower out of the, outside those dudes you just listed off. I mean, I have Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith. I wasn't going to trade all of them at the same time. I'm trying to get rid of a uh, receiver or a uh, running back. So I still have Javante Williams. I wouldn't if I get rid of uh, Ramondre. I'd have Javante Williams and Clyde plus a first round pick or whoever I get. The trade that I was going to with Blair was Those are rebuild trades, and you still have your 23 first, right? Trades. I still have my 23 pick and i'm not trade. I'm, I'm not even really trying to pr- trade for picks i'm trying to trade for players Interesting. That, that's my biggest thing because I, I tried my jalen waddle trade was jalen waddle for deandre swift which i think is kind of fair depending on where your team is at but right especially with a running back with a history of injury i thought it was semi-fair i mean he was trying to change trade me james palmer in a first round pick but i mean i decided i have a bunch of young guys i don't need to be trading my young guys for one guy that's younger guys exactly so plus i mean i still have Traylon burks garrett wilson george pickens and all those guys are going to do is continue to get better yeah, so. i feel like you're almost in a full-on hold spot with the chance of having a couple guys that you just need to free up space for right for the upcoming rookie drafts and just random ads of the week um narrowest victory of the week in loc the sunshine squad was uh, victorious over the london bridge by 10.18 points Reason I note this is because London Bridge had Tyler Boyd on his bench. I mean, Tyler Boyd, is he a week-to-week starter with how Joe Burrow's playing? I mean, I think it's very very boom-bust, so I don't fault him for it, but sucks when Tyler Boyd's on your bench and goes for almost 30 points. I mean, you can't can't blame him because, I mean, that's like saying Meikle Hardman should be your week-to-week starter. When, right, after I mean, what he did, right. When you have Travis Kelsey, uh, MVS, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, and he just had the one week where he just goes off. So, I mean, you can say the same thing about MVS as well. Like, oh, yeah, I should MVS should be a week-to-week starter. Right. I mean, I think the only decision he would have been able to make here is start Tyler Boyd over Drake London. Which, which, which I don't you, think you I would have. Yeah, you wouldn't have done that. Probably not. But, I mean, it's not like Drake London's been – he's been fucking dog shit, and it's not any fault of his own. If your uh, team's named he hasn't after scored, the they're, they're, they're about one week away from switching quarterback, I feel like. I they fucking hope so, They dude. have to. But uh, Drake London hasn't – pitiful. Drake London hasn't had more than 10 points since week four. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. I don't know why the fuck you draft him. You draft Kyle Pitts the year before, and you're running the ball constantly and only throw the ball 13 times when you're down multiple scores. Like, it, just a weird deal going on in tanking. Atlanta. That's called tanking. And you, but you want to, you want that. Uh, They're like know, philosophy to change. Actually, you want it like, to happen think, soon. Think about that. How many? Uh, I remember hearing this over the weekend. How many pass attempts did they have? It was like, thirteen. Yeah, no, that's called tanking. That's called tanking. They're like, our record shit, is I way have... too good right now. Marcus <laughs> Mariota is my fucking starting quarterback this year. And they're week. just I running the shit. All this shit. They're running the shit out of the ball with like below average running backs. Yeah, they've no. got Huntley and uh, Tyler Algier. It's not like this. That, like, that's called oh, we tanking. have we have Nick Chubb. Let's just hand him the ball thirty fucking times a game. Like. They're handing the ball off to mediocre fucking dudes. Yeah, fucking. They, they are fucking tanking. They're like, we're doing way too good. What's their record right now? Who? I think they have two wins. The Falcons? I think so. Two or three wins. While you look this up, these are Marcus Mariota's pass attempts. 33, 26, 20, 19, 25, 14, 13. Yeah, that's called tanking. Because this is they ridiculous. They damn good. This is ridiculous. And I mean, he's rushing the ball 12 times, 6 times, 7 times, 5 times, 7 times, 6 times, 6 times. I mean, he's averaging decent rushing yards for a quarterback. But, I mean, you can't be hitting the ball off 20, 30 times a game. Like, you just can't be doing that. Yeah. I mean, you could still possibly rely on Mariota as a super flex second quarterback spot on a week-to-week, every other week basis probably just with his rushing upside. But the Falcons are 3-4, and four, which, I mean... To be honest, I mean, I think they're still performing better than we would thought they would mm-hmm. in preseason. Yeah, they're performing better than they thought they would, and that's why they just had 13 pass attempts. Exactly. This is this is a total rebuild going on, and they said this isn't how you rebuild. How you rebuild is 13 pass attempts. And they get the Panthers at home this week, and I mean, the Panthers just beat Tampa Bay, but figure that's a, another winnable matchup for Atlanta. Yeah, I, I I don't understand what they're doing there. Tanking. But all right, should we get in the skyrocketing players here? Let's do it. So a uh, lot of stuff going on. Players getting traded. Um, new 
rookie running backs are like finally getting that running back one usage. But uh, top of the list here is Travis Etn. We mentioned it earlier, but he had 14 carries, 114 yards, one touchdown, had a two-point conversion, had one reception on five targets for five yards, did have a fumble loss, so it did kind of dwindle his numbers a little bit, but 17.9 points. I mean, he is the running back one in Jacksonville for the foreseeable future, if not for the entire what rest of the way of his career in a pretty decent Jacksonville team at I that. Know. They're, I mean, they're looking really good. Doug Peterson's done a good job there. Trevor Lawrence is a top 10 quarterback right now. Did you see the way that game ended? I don't remember. They, so they had the ball, oh. they're down six and uh, threw the ball, like caught a, it at like the two yard line was falling into the end zone and the giants just swarmed them and right. It was going to be like a last way. minute yeah. comeback for Trevor Lawrence to add to his resume and marched all the way down there. But, I, yeah, I remember it now. They, it was a pass to Christian yeah. Kirk. It, it was a legit, like, Friday Night Lights ending It was there. a damn good play, and yeah. he was literally inches away. Props yeah. to that uh, corner that just stuck him and Stuffed held him, him up. Yeah, but Would have loved that touchdown from Christian Kirk there. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Uh, next guy here on our list, we have Kenneth Walker. And we kind of touched on hey, him walk, a, little baby. Bit, a little bit earlier. Kenneth Runner Walker. Uh, He had a hell of a week this week. 23 carries for 168 yards, two touchdowns. My God. And one of them was a 40. They are at the top. I just want to say that real quick. The The NFC Beast. Who would have thought? Wow, they're the NFC West. The Beast. Jesus, I fucked that up. Is it the NFC West? Yeah, Yeah, they're in the NFC West. And who who would have thunk it? Like that that entire division is like flip-flopped on itself. Not me. GS. Rams, Niners, Cards. Suck a dick. Seahawks in first place. Yeah. Kenneth Walker had 30 points this week. He's RB20 on the season. That's only going to go up. I mean, between him and Travis Etienne, are they both top 10 running backs rest of the season? I would put my money more on Kenneth Walker just because I think it's more of a complete team. I I think there's still a little bit more to be seen from Jacksonville just because they are Jacksonville. And who knows how long DK is out, and they just really Mm -hmm. rely on Kenneth Walker more than they have the last few weeks. I watched watched the only dude on that team in terms of that backfield who's going to get carries. Well, yeah. Correct. I mean, so is ESPN. Who who else do they have there? Jamal or uh, Jamichael Hasty there in Jacksonville. He's now the backup. And then backup there in Seattle is like DJ Dallas. Yeah. I watched a really like kind of sick yes. video of uh, ETN running the football, and whenever he like turns a corner, his like whole body and I'm I'm using my hands to kind of describe this, so you can't really see, but like his whole body is like slanted as he's turning the corner. No, yeah, his, and his feet, feet do some crazy shit. Yeah, they, apparently he has like feet webbed feet or something like that. So yeah, and that it's kind of nerve wracking for the injury purposes, especially with that. He had the, was it an Achilles or was it just a foot injury? Last no, he year? broke, he broke some bone in his foot. So that's probably why, but I, I just thought I, it was been, really sick. I've been such a big fan of Travis Etienne, and I mean, Kenneth Walker of late as well. I mean, back, I mean, Etienne essentially, this is his rookie season. Didn't play at all last year mm-hmm. because of that foot injury. Um, but I mean, Travis Etienne, he's skyrocketing up rankings. And he's finally, I remember he, the pre-draft process with him and Najee. Like, I think they got drafted back-to-back. And I remember just trying to figure out who I would like more out of the rookie running backs. And um, it was a tough decision. But I think I was leaning more towards Etienne. Mm-hmm. But Najee Harris obviously had a fantastic rookie year last year. But, I mean, if you try to trade Najee for Etienne straight up, not you're gonna not to, getting it you're done. You're not going to be able to do it. Which you could have maybe done before the season started, 100%. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's why, because I was desperately trying to trade for ETN with Jared in the Galactic Empire, and he wasn't budging. Don't fault him for it. I would not have been budging if I was him being the owner of ETN, but my God, wheels are up. I think and... it's interesting that ETN's becoming the player that we thought Cam Akers was going to be. I know, poor Cam Akers, man. Those, you, you those hope Achilles he gets, injuries. Yeah, you, you hope he gets traded somewhere. I, I just don't think they trust him in the offense for whatever reason. I, I know, man. I think he should get traded somewhere. Kansas City. Just the vibes in L.A. for the Rams yeah. are terrible. Yeah, it's just kind of a dumpster fire. Like, there I mean, right I now. think Henderson's a solid start going forward, but it's not like you're pushing for him to be a top 15 no. top 20 back no. how, how hyped up would you guys be for the day if on your drive-in to work every single day you just saw the streets lined with homeless people that'd be pretty depressing <laughs> yeah i'd say yeah but i won a super bowl so i mean i wouldn't really care um 
Next guy here on our list, though. Oh, no, yeah. No, another, our running backs have really started to take a turn for the better this year. They kind of got off to a slow start, and were being overshadowed by a bunch of receivers. But Josh Jacobs finally starting to come into his own. He had another 20-carry, 143-yard, three cutties. Man, oh, man. 36 points. RB4 on the season. The uh, newest acquisition for Lance Refrigeration. And my God, having Josh Jacobs on your fantasy teams has to be fantastic. He's got to be the best late round value for redraft and stuff. I wish I was more in on Josh Jacobs than I, I think obviously everyone could probably say that, but the dude just looks like a full on workhorse running back that we, we don't see very often anymore in the NFL. I mean, watching, I mean, he's obviously he had that bye week, but he's had three straight games of 30 plus points. And I can't believe I was able to trade for him and make that happen. I cannot believe it. I traded a uh, first round twenty three rookie pick, and I'm I'm six and one, and I'm hoping to be in that championship game and finish atop of the standings. So I'm, it's a, it should be a late twenty three first round pick. And Najee Harris, I traded that away for Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook with the Arrowhead Choppas, and I can't believe the trade went through. I am thrilled. And having Josh Jacobs on my team plus Saquon Barkley is just really hoping that carries me the rest of the way. But top five back rest of the season, Josh Jacobs, I think he's already is. Why would uh, he would stay agree, around yeah. there? I think that's trending towards RB1, to be honest. I mean, those are the numbers we see from an RB1, and I believe in patterns and trends. And when you see three straight 30-point performances, that's RB1. I think, I think a lot of it depends on what the Browns do with Kareem Hunt and if they do decide to trade him. I mean, Nick Chubb's currently RB1 right now. It might I be think... even Austin Eckler could be too as well. Austin uh, Eckler could be competing for that RB1 spot with him and Saquon yeah, 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 yeah. and Nick Chubb. But how stupid do you think the Raiders feel right now for turning down his fifth-year option? Because, I mean, at now... this point, you have to get rid of him. You can't keep him on your roster because his new contract – like so, I, he was. I due. saw some shit that the McDaniel's really likes him, so he's going out of his way to get this dude the ball to get him numbers so that they can re-sign him. Is that working against the the organization or what's best for the the team moving forward? Well, I mean, forward, so or? his. I, I just had his. I have his contract pulled up here on Sports Track, and his salary for twenty twenty three would have would have been eight million. Ain't no way. No, he's gonna need. He's he's. I mean. He's essentially in his contract yeah, year. Yeah, he, a, if they want to re-sign him, he'll have to get something this offseason or even this season yeah. now. Having and, that happen and playing in the Hall of Fame game like he did, like maybe that's really what has fueled him to go fucking bananas this right. year. This $8 million is going to be baseline, and then you know he's going to want more guaranteed money on top of that. So, And he's gonna he's deserve a, deserving of every fucking penny that he's going to get. I wouldn't pay it. Quite frankly, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have either. Paying running backs, I would have kept it because I mean, at this point, if he doesn't want to take your offer, he can go anywhere else in free agency and do that. And I mean, in free agency, you can structure a contract however the fuck you want with cap wizardry, and he can essentially make less than what he would have next year somewhere else, but backload that contract. So I think they really fucked themselves with this whole Josh Jacobs situation. Did you know that Josh Jacobs is the same age as Najee Harris? I did. 24. Najee's old, man. That's very interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Josh Jacobs. He sat choo-choo. behind Josh Jacobs for a while at Alabama. I know, right? Those Alabama dudes, man. All fucking running backs everywhere. Uh, we've got Joe Burrow here on the skyrocketing list here. Um, he, I mean, we all know Joe Burrow is super talented. We all know he was probably one of the top five dynasty running backs or quarterbacks to have on your team. But just the preseason vibes, he had that uh gallbladder injury so i don't think that was talked about enough right there wasn't a whole lot of hype and i was able to draft joe burrow in a super flex league uh super late than normal and i am fucking thrilled that i have joe burrow and he's just i mean he's the quarterback three currently man Mm -hmm. uh 481 yards passing this past week three touchdowns 240 plus touchdown bonus just insane he had a rushing touchdown as well i mean 40 plus points i mean joe burrow you've got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is Joe Burrow that next guy, or do you see maybe Jalen Hurts filling in that third spot? Who else? Maybe I mean Justin Herbert's in that category Josh as Allen. well. 
Josh, no, Josh, Josh Allen's number two. Mahomes, okay. and then okay. is it? I mean, obviously, currently Joe Burrow's third number overall, three but is Joe Burrow. I would say Joe Burrow it just because this is his is second year doing it. I, technically, this is his third season, right? I mean, he was really good as a rookie, if you think about it. And then, and then he tore his ACL, right? So I, I really think it's him. And then I would maybe put Herbert and Herbert then... Herbert is so overrated. This is a whole discussion that we need to have. I think Herbert is just time. a stats guy. I think he's just a stats guy. I heard someone say he's not overrated. He's overpraised mm-hmm. for okay. Justin Herbert. Okay. I'll okay. agree with and that. And I, I like that thought. Just a quick on that, Jay Herb, that's all I'll say, is they were people were defending him this week, and they put up... Look at, look at all the rookie quarterback records that he has. It's like most touchdowns thrown by a rookie quarterback, 36. Or I think it was like fucking 31. I'll give him 36. I think it was 36. I mean, all of those. I mean, he has the rookie record for uh, touchdowns, yards, completions. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he did all of that. Technically was a rookie. I wish they could rework that rule somehow. Where they do it like, like if baseball. You don't play more than eight quarters or whatever the fuck, you're still considered a rookie. I agree. Because when you put that into context, if he didn't have all those headlines when they were talking about sets the rookie record for this, sets the rookie record for that, when really Mahomes fucking put all of those records out of reach for any future quarterback, would we still be talking about Justin Herbert the same way? This dude hasn't made the playoffs and he just got beat by two scores. By the Seahawks. I think Herbert just doesn't have a speedy wide receiver to stretch defenses. He's got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin. Exactly. You look at that preseason and you're like, he's got one of the best two wide receivers in the NFL currently. And it's just not been good. I mean, obviously they've been uh, battling injuries and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, maybe we should have seen Joe Burrow. We should have seen this coming. Um, But I think he is overperforming a little bit, maybe from the early preseason expectations um and, uh, next guy here on the list super excited about mondre the Ramondre source rex has to be even more excited he better I mean, uh, he's rb1 yeah in new he, england he should be i mean he only had uh 11 carries for 40 yards but he had a touchdown he had uh eight rece- eight receptions on oh, eight targets man. so Love it. he's a reliable catcher he had 60 yards uh receiving so rb8 on the year man mm-hmm. i i really hope that they just kind of continue to lean that way I, obviously they're running back by committee with was it damian harris is that his Correct. name yep and damian harris he was back this week i mean he out carried him maybe isn't a hundred percent so we'll see if this sticks but i think it's gonna stick I mean, I don't know why you, you don't. I mean, you can just tell the He's difference. Better. He's better. You can better. just tell the difference when they're running the football. So, um, yeah, really excited about this guy. I know. Mondre, I've got him and Travis Etienne. I went zero running back, drafted Cooper Cup, Fonte Adams. Now I've got Mondre and Etienne fully locked in at running back one on their teams. And I'm telling you, I think I really – Taking a victory lap, but my God. I really Love think it. the zero running back route is uh, that's something we need to talk about sometime that maybe in the offseason. Might be the strategy moving forward. It was it's certainly the strategy if you went with this season, you're in good shape. And another guy that really fits that same bill that we haven't quite seen the takeover yet, but it, it's it's starting to shape out that way. Tony Pollard. 12 carries, 83 yards, two receptions on two targets for 26 yards, just 12.9 points, but he is seeing more volume week in and week out, and Zeke was banged up and is most likely going to miss the following week eight. At least two weeks, yeah. Exactly, and with uh, no Zeke in town, I mean, Tony Pollard, my God, yeah, needs to be in your starting lineup. I think, Tony Paul- I think Tony Pollard is what... AJ Dillon should be for the Packers, and for whatever reason, they just keep leaning into oh, yeah. AJ well, Dillon. Oh, AJ Dillon. Well, yep, that he's a fading, falling player that's on our list here. Yeah, but, but Tony Pollard, yeah, big, big on Tony Pollard. Uh, next guy we have here, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, had a hell of a had two back really, to back really good games. Uh, seven receptions on eight targets for 124 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown, he kind of looked like. It wasn't as fast as Tyreek, obviously, but it was just well, found one of the, open space. It was just one of those block. like twelve yard slants. Found the open space, had kind of a downfield block from MVS, but he's starting to mesh with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like and, Him and they're MBS really and they're really looking good. What I like what that Juju does, and he showed here this last week, is 
he'll break that first tackle mm-hmm. and get additional yardage. Like you throw the same type of ball, same type of route for like Nicole Hardman, he probably goes down if he's unable to outrun him. But Juju's a big dude. He can run right through dudes and he's get, a pick yak up a, yak pick up machine. 10, 15 yards. Big yak machine. And, so I mean, I, maybe we throw MVS into the same category. They were the first two wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs to go over 100 yards in the same game since 2000. Yeah. First time that's 22 happened. 22 years. Since 2000, so obviously the first time that's happened for Patrick Mahomes having two wide receivers over 100 yards. Add in Travis Kelsey. Yeah, that probably doesn't count the Tyreek Trav games, though. No, it doesn't. Well, because Trav is a tight end. end. But no, well, he he almost had three receivers or three players at 100 yards because Travis had 98 on tight end day. They tried to get him his 100 yards there at the end of the game. but I mean, He should have little... had a touchdown, but that was that bullshit fucking... Well, that was Juju. That was bullshit. That was Juju. No, it should have been... Yeah, that happened too, but there was another play with uh, Trav. It was oh, like, the off- oh, he was offside, yeah, so yeah, Wiley... Was an illegal well, that, that was to Juju. That's what I'm talking about. He's oh. talking about the offsides... And then there was a block in the back. or hand, It was Wiley because he, he... It was hands to the face. Right. And I think uh, Mitch Morse, not Mitch Morse, Mitchell Schwartz talked about this. And he was just saying something along the lines of, it's bullshit that you're penalized as an offensive lineman for trying to stop a defensive lineman who hopped off sides and has like a free lane to your quarterback. Like you're doing whatever you can to get that motherfucker out of the way. Yeah, since that and, penalty happened first, you think... Since he's desperate to stop the guy, he doesn't right. kill Patrick Mahomes and gets a gets a hand on his face mask. Right, I, I think like the first if, penalty should be what it was called. I, I think in that situation, like anything at the line of scrimmage outside of like a huge face mask or something like that, should be moot. Like if you have offensive pass interference or intentional gra- or things like that, like obviously, like that shouldn't count. But yeah, I don't think as an offensive lineman you should be penalized for doing your job when the other guy, for lack of a better word, cheated. I know, and, and that that touchdown was such a baller play oh, from Trav too, because he just gets the big hit, s- stuck the dude. They're they're like Troy Polamalu dude, who's like mm-hmm. been talking to Troy Polamalu, figuring out all these tricks and stuff, but just took, stuck took this a fucking dude. Big hit, dude went down, and he just stretches. He just puts one hand. Yeah, he, he just stretches spins, the ball, spins out of it, and stretches. Yeah, that was such a it was a boss move. move. Wish that stood. Um, Next guy here on our list, another receiver. We're finally getting to our receiver lists here. Um, George Pickens had another really good day. I think him and uh, Kenny Pickett, the pick and pick uh, connection, really starting to connect there. He's got his first touchdown on the year, six for six for sixty-one yards, uh, eighteen fantasy points. Uh, I really think he's probably Pickett's favorite connection. It's weird because I watch I watch all of these games with him just because I'm on my fantasy roster, and it looks like Pickett tries to start the game going to Claypool. Uh, uh, Deontay Johnson is that his name yes like they try and start the game going to those guys and it's like fuck they keep dropping or keep getting broken up not creating enough space and it's like all right well let's fuck it go to Pickens and he's wide open making baller catches stretching for the end zone so uh, I really hope he starts seeing I mean six for six getting six targets is really good anyway but especially he starts getting in the end zone I mean the three out of the four Mm -hmm. weeks three out of the last four weeks He's had 14-plus points, and yeah. definitely a guy you can consider at your flex spot. I think they've been using him more as like a deep threat kind of distraction to pull safeties. I think they need to start getting him involved more in the intermediate game, and I think that'll really help them out in the long run, at least in fantasy. Next guy, DeAndre Hopkins. We all know he's talented. We just uh, – and it wasn't even – he's we not like he came back from an injury. Rising yet. Come on. But I mean, this this dude was at the top. Yeah, his, his first six weeks he had zero points. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time he's ever gotten any points in fantasy this year. This dude wasn't even hurt. This dude was on steroids. We all knew this was going to come back and pop. But yeah, if you were able to hold on to D Hop, put him on your IR this whole time, he is paying off. You're going to see targets, 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 and more targets until Hollywood Brown is back. Back, and I think D Hop is a uh, set it and forget it type guy, which is not surprising. But we wanted to mention it. And then the last guy here on the list is, uh, I, I don't know, it was pretty surprising, actually, that I added him here to the list, but I believe it, Justin Fields. Um, his passing stats aren't very enticing, but on Monday night, he had 14 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. He had like four fumbles, it looks like. None of them were lost, so that was kind of bringing down his point total on the week. But, I mean, 
if they're using his rushing upside like this and they're going to utilize it to the fullest like they have this past week or two, then, I mean, Justin Fields is going to be a guy that is completely fine for your super flex second quarterback spot. Right. And apparently Chicago, they've been stealing plays from Baltimore and how Lamar Jackson is used in the rushing game. I think that's smart. A hundred percent. Cause he's got similar talent and he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. He's so, hard to take down. Did you watch the Manning cast at all on Monday? I saw a few a clips of it. I saw Barack Obama was on. I there. didn't want to watch while Obama was on. Obama was actually pretty cool. He was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah and everyone, every time he says something goes, ha ha ha. So funny, Barack. <laughs> well, any, that's not what I was like. I, I was so obviously both Eli and Peyton, previous quarterbacks, they they love being like critical or like pass it, pass it, pass it, throw it away, throw it away. A- anytime Justin Fields did like his little scramble thing, like throw it away, throw it away, throw it away, and you're like just scramble and get like 15 yards, and you could just see Peyton like roll his eyes, just like the Jesus. I wish I could do that right. back in my day. I really do think he's. Um, kind of coming into his own. He kind of knows what he needs to be doing now. And it kind of reminds me, have you seen the movie Major League? Oh, yeah. Back in the day? Uh, it kind of reminds me of this scene whenever he's like scrambling for dear life. It's just like the, fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. That guy, Serrano, right. he's like, all right, if no one's going to get open, no one's going to block for me, fuck it. I'm going to run for 15, 20 yards. I'm going to get this first down, and we're going to keep playing. We're going to the playoffs. He almost is a one-man show at times. Mm-hmm. But I do remember the Manny cast. There was a clip. So when they scored a touchdown with Khalil Herbert on that little screen pass, Patriots came up. They were in uh, They there had a zero a z- blitz. Z- it was a zero, yeah. And Manning's like, check out of it. Get a play, get a play, get a play. Like, zero blitz, zero blitz. Check out of it. But they already had the play called up, and he does uh, the Patrick Mahomes like sidearm dude, sling. Yeah, it. he had a guy in his fucking face out the gate. Couldn't make a normal throw. Pump fake, dropped down to a sidearm. Was able to throw a fluttery pass to Khalil Herbert, who walked into the end zone untouched. And that was that, that and was Man- Mannings were impressed. That was that was roughing the passer on that play too. Like, I'm oh, a, he I'm got claw. He got sandwiched, didn't he? Yeah, I'm a big like. All right, you're being you're treating these quarterbacks like sissies. Like that guy got sandwiched and then drove into the ground. It was roughing the passer. Um, one guy we didn't add in here that um, I think we actually should have, and I'm only mentioning this because he's on my team. But Daniel Jones. Do you know what Daniel Jones is currently ranked right now in our league? Is he top? Uh, I'll give him QB ten. He QB- is he is QB ten. Wow. So Daniel Jones, Spot on. Daniel Jones starting to come in into his own as well there with that a, rushing upside. With the rushing upside, he was a guy. He also, I believe, don't didn't get his fifth year option picked up, and so it's contract year for him as well. But I think this coach is finally like realizing what he needs to be doing with Daniel Jones. They have some decent weapons there in New York. Obviously, they have the most expensive wide receiver room, and even though they don't always act like it. It's doing pretty well. Yeah, and I think Wandale Robinson is only going to get better as the season goes. Mm-hmm. Really love him and how so, they utilize him. Yeah, just another good guy. addition. Just another guy I was thinking of because I was looking at Justin Fields and it made me think of uh, Daniel Jones who had 29 points in fantasy this week. So um, we have some guys that we want to talk about who are falling. We can yes, kind of fly through these do. guys here um, just because they're very depressing. Uh I want to start off, we have A.J. Dillon listed here first, but I want to start with Russell because I feel like we can talk about him a little bit more, yes. especially with his flight out to London, all those antics. <laughs> let's talk about that more than let's talk about how pitiful he is and how yeah. dog shit. Love to. So he's got that hamstring deal, correct? And they're playing in London, which is about an eight-hour flight. Apparently... Uh, more than eight hours. Okay, longer than eight hours. So a lot of time to kill on the plane. I saw, so he would, he watched a little bit of film and then spent like two hours doing high knees down the aisles while everyone else was sleeping. Just the most on-brand Russell Wilson shit you could ever fucking see. Dude's a fucking weirdo. I think this was so swept under the rug. I don't know if it was Pete Carroll it's or Pete Carroll. was doing this. That Pete Carroll is another... weirdness. He is a weird guy. Pete he Carroll is. is like Mike Tomlin keeping AB under the rug for all these years. I feel like the biggest problem with his... Just his personality, I guess, is the disconnect that he has with his teammates. Mm-hmm. I remember someone talking about how he's so weird, though, that he thinks doing high knees up and down the plane I while know, everyone's dude. sleeping Who... is gonna endear him to the locker room. It's, it's so funny. You're like, is is our is this? <laughs> I just laugh right now. You're like, like, did the winds just pick up? Are we going through some uh, turbulence here, or is did, it just Russell Wilson doing high knees in the aisle? He just cares more than everyone else. Like that's so, what that puts out, though, right? Like, I don't. He I don't want to. I don't want to joke. Is, that's what he said. I was doing high knees while everyone else was sleeping. 
That's what he what said. were you that, doing? That's what he says. I don't. I don't want to joke around with this, but like you mentioning like the turbulence, and I never wish injury upon someone. But can you imagine if he's like up about the cabin doing high knees, and yeah, like something like rolls his ankle. No, well, even <laughs> you know, even like the seatbelts, un- like the, the seatbelt his- lights off, and you could be roaming about, but you still like hit a little bit of turbulence there for a second. Like, can you imagine doing high knees and then? And you just like roll your ankle, hurt your hamstring more, you tear your ACL or some shit on. Dude, this dude is sitting in his own plane aisle. He doesn't have anyone else sitting in his aisle. I know they're in uh, first class and all that fun shit, but you know he's sitting by himself and everyone else is sleeping. He's sitting there thinking to himself, if I start doing high knees up and down the plane, my teammates will see how much I care. Like he is a fucking weirdo. He's going to have jet lag is what he's going to have. His hamstring will be fine, but he'll just be fucking worn out. But yeah, he's currently QB twenty two on the season. Uh, he might play this week, but uh, uh, yeah, you're not confident when you're trying. I also feel out like QBs right never play well in the London games. Anytime there's those extended flights, I just feel like both QBs never really do well, and so he's trending for me towards a sit for this week and i guess they have the bye next week so it doesn't really matter i've got a can i read this quote here just at least part of it here from russell wilson just about the whole uh working out on the plane i guess so spit it so quote for russell wilson here i don't really get jet lagged too op- too often i don't really i've traveled enough to kind of get my system down for me I was on the plane the first two hours what is it an 8 hour flight oh my the first two hours i was watching film watching all of the cut-ups and everything else and then the next few hour four hours i was doing treatment on the plane i was walking up and down the aisles everyone was knocked out i was doing high knees and working on my legs and everything else making sure i'm ready to rock so that was good and at in the last two hours the last hour of that i fell asleep for one hour and i watched the watch film for the rest it felt good to go once we got back Coaches did a good job. This is just a weird quote. He talks so weird. I don't even want to read the rest of this. But Was the rest of that when he gets into his diet and how he's even trying to perfect his diet so that he never has to shit? Jesus. This dude is a weirdo. I thought you were going to read that quote out loud. No. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Don't even He's just bragging that. about himself on the plane ride and how much he's doing to better himself. But... I mean, it, it seems like he's trending towards playing this week. So it seems like uh, if you've got him, you might be forced to play with him. Like me. That's me. But uh, let's That's go to me. some other guys here falling. <laughs> Obviously, A.J. Dillon, if he wasn't already, is drastically falling down in your rankings. In week seven, he had four carries, 15 yards, which equates to uh, 1.5 points. RB35 on the season. For an offense that's struggling so much, I don't know why they're not trying to mix things up and do a ch- have use a change of pace. Like, what, why is A.J. Dillon only getting four carries? Like, uh, obviously, like, that's only three yards a carry. But I always thought he was more of, like, their receiving back, their screen game type guy, and they're just not using him. So, the yeah. Com- the commander's defense is terrifying, man. Fuck. Shit, yeah. shit I guess so. Yeah, but AJ Dillon has ten hasn't had over ten points since week one, averaging eight points on the year. Other running backs to add to this list, Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell. Speaks for itself. CMC in town. R.I.P. and peace to Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell. R.I.P. I.P. <laughs> um I want to talk about Melvin Gordon and Cortland Sutton here as well. So three Denver Broncos on this fading list and Cortland Sutton had three receptions on nine targets for 23 yards, 5.3 points in week seven, back-to-back weeks with five or less points sucks. Cause I've got Cortland Sutton in a couple of redraft leagues and I'm two and five in one of those leagues that I've got Cortland Sutton. So he's not doing anything for your fantasy football roster and neither is Melvin Gordon. Latavius Murray is taking over. It seems but Denver did move Mike Boone to the IR, so maybe this ends up helping Melvin Gordon. But what the takeaway here for me is... is Denver's offense sucks. Don't play any yes, of them. Don't play any of them. But what surprises that- me the most about Melvin Gordon and how ass he is, I mean, we we knew he sucked, and we, always, we wanted to see Javante Williams take off and have that full running back one workload, fuck the 50-50 carries between the two. But Melvin Gordon, how bad he is. They needed to bring in Latavius Murray, and now Latavius Murray is getting the workload. Like, why the fuck was Melvin Gordon ever considered anywhere close to a 50-50 share with Javante Williams as the running back there? Like, my God, it just blows my mind. 
Melvin Gordon, you maybe maybe he has a good week with Mike Boone out and get him the fuck off your team. <laughs> that does remind me of remember when Melv was in that big contract dispute with LA? Right. And they were like, Bro, we got Eckler. And then he goes to Denver and he's like, Bruh, I'm here and they're like, Well, bruh, we got bruh. And now he's here, bruh's hurt, and he's like, Bruh, we got other bruh. And so Melvin <laughs> Gordon's just been this inevitable failure. I uh, know, just not good. Cannot rely on him. Najee Harris is also another running back I want to add to this list here. 17 carries, 65 yards, three receptions on, on four targets for 15 yards. He's our back, running back 22 on the season. He's got three touchdowns on the year, one rushing, two receiving. He's yet to eclipse 15 fantasy points in a week. He's averaging 10 points a game. Just, I mean, if he wasn't already, he is falling down rankings, whether it's redraft, dynasty, I mean, he did have that little bit of a foot injury with that steel plate in. Now that's fully gone. He does have a shitty offensive line, but Najee Harris not looking yeah, good, he, not efficient whatsoever. Is this um, a short-term he's fallen down for you, or do you think he's the product of that bad O-line you just talked about? I, I think, think it's a product a, of a bad O-line. I know. I, I think that's a really good question, and maybe it's a good time to buy the buy low on Najee. I mean, is he a trade piece, like? Where is I mean, I at? traded it. Get moved to a contender. I traded him away. Not this year, but I think the problem. I think the problem with him is with the battle line. Like, if you're looking to trade him away, you're not going to get what you think his future value is. You're selling and, low. Yeah, and so like you're going to think I can get either a player in a first round pick or you know a player in a high second round pick or something like that. But it, it's just not. And nobody probably wants to touch Najee with a ten foot no. pole. And I mean. Like I'm sure, like contenders would love to have them on their roster just because. Oh, great! Next year, you know, once they yeah, Najee Harris sounds once great. They, once they get healthy, all of this stuff, he like, has the name great, recognition. But, but um, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I think he's someone you hold and you maybe put him in your flex spot, or you just keep him on your bench really the rest of the season if you have other guys you can plug in there. But it's, it's crazy that he's not even a startable running back too, essentially. Right. It's and crazy. I do think their schedule gets a little bit easier. I do think, I think the biggest issue with them is their defense is so banged up and bad at the moment that their games kind of get out of hand. They fall behind and they can't rely on a run game. They have to keep throwing the football. And so it kind of leaves him out of the loop there, except for screens where he can make plays. And so. his situation is muddy. It's not like it's ETN or Kenneth Walker. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, I guess Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf goes down. So that raises him up a bit, but I mean, Najee's they've got three wide receivers that are solid. Mm-hmm. Deontay Claypool, and now George Pickens. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of mouths to feed right. in that offense. And it does seem like Jalen Warren gets a drive or two a game as well, the rookie. And he does. He looks decent. He looks pretty he's good, nothing yeah. nothing special. I don't think he's ever going to steal the starting job from Najee. But, no. But, uh, yeah, Najee falling down the rankings. And we got a quarterback, another quarterback here, Jared Goff, the last one on our fading list. He was a uh, top 10 quarterback there for the – First few weeks, but just 1.5 points here in week seven. And I mean, that did maybe that did maybe coincide with still not having DeAndre Swift. And Amon Ra had to leave the game because of a concussion that wasn't ever actually ruled a concussion after the fact, which is kind of dumb. And we're really seeing that concussion protocol come in and bite bite us in the ass, fantasy wise, because. He did get like rocked and clobbered in the head by some dude's arm and looked bad. And he definitely needed a second to kind of gather himself, but wasn't actually ruled a concussion. But maybe once these guys come back, Jared Goff is maybe closer back to what he was for, at the beginning of the season. But yeah, Jared Goff, I've got him on the major fade list here. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that pretty much concludes kind of some of our uh, falling guys there. Yeah, I, uh, I hope you've got the skyrocketing guys and you don't have the fading guys. I had all the injured guys. <laughs> that doesn't. That's, that's a bummer. That's not good either. No. no. But you know what is good, Nick? Your record your record week. on the season. Go ahead and give us your breakdown here. Yeah, where what are, what are your standings now? Are you still in the green? Oh, we're in the green. We farther advanced this week i went three and two again just like last week back to back that puts me at i believe what 19 and 16 on the year which is awesome that's totally making money if i could legally place bets we're still in talks with some casinos 
running it down last week. Arrowhead Chop is over War Boys. Correct. Joe Mario Bros. I called this shit. Joe Mario Bros. over Lance Refrigeration. Good call. Correct. Good call. Uh, JT and Company over Ramondra Raptors. That was wrong. Galactic Empire over Team RDC 22. That was correct. And the London Bridge over Sunshine Squad, that was wrong. But all that added up to another 3-2 and two record. We started slow, but we are in the green, and we're only getting better every week. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, so, pretty good Pretty good marks there. Do you have your picks for the upcoming week? I do, I do. And let me tell you what's exactly going to happen this yep, week. Yep, give it to me. JT and company will take down the War Boys. Lance Refrigeration will take down the London Bridge. Joe Mario Bros retaining yet again projected champ as they should. Joe Mario Bros over Team RDC 22 and Galactic Empire takes down Ramondra Raptors. Oh wait, there's one more. Um, Sunshine Squad will defeat Arrowhead Choppers. Arrowhead Choppers are kind of on a rise. Keep being a hater. Late, but keep being a hater. I I will. I will. Sunshine Squad had dudes on bye last week. He had Steph the fuck off me digs on bye last week. So he's going to put together an even better performance. Put the Arrowhead Choppers back in their place. But that will be my game of the week is Sunshine Squad Arrowhead Choppers. If you look at those records right there, that's a huge one. You have Arrowhead Choppers just storming back into relevance. And the Sunshine Squad is right there. So I think how... The winner of that game is going to shake shit up. Did you pick a winner for me and Blair's game? Lance Refrigeration, yeah. London Bridge. What did you yeah, say? I missed you're, it. You're going to defeat the London Bridge. Fuck yeah. Let's go. He's got Patrick Mahomes, Austin Ooh. Eckler on bye. Oh, yeah. My that, luck, that, my luck exactly. continues. That's a, huge, that's a huge win for you. Needed it. What did you say in your fastest two minutes? What was your uh, your little uh, term, you, your slang for Terry McLaurin? Oh, I, that, that one. Was that, was one of, that was my favorite. That was that was more for Jared, honestly. I called him Thierry Henry McLaurin. He's a famous soccer player. It's, it, like you <laughs> were saying he's, it sounded like you were saying he was Henry or something. So okay, uh, I didn't get that okay. reference at all. Thierry on one McLaurin. I mean we could work we could do that a million different ways, mm-hmm. but that was more so of a only Jared's gonna pick that up. Thierry Henry Doing McLaurin. shit specifically for Jared? What is this? This is some bullshit. Just, Jared doesn't, li- know he he doesn't even listen week. to the podcast. No, he does. He no, does. he doesn't. Every, every time I cover his segment, I call it a tilt, and then I sprinkled in a soccer player. Jared, comment down below if you're still listening. Yeah. but I'm I think gonna, I'm going to text you to listen to this shit. So. I think that'll pretty much do it for this episode of the DNZ Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you're new here, make sure you drop a like and subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now, so you can listen to us there. Yes, there are big time, man. You can also catch us on the YouTube. We really appreciate all of our YouTube vi- uh, listeners. So thank you all so much, and we'll catch you next time on the D&Z Fantasy Football Podcast.